Yo, what's up, everybody? Grady Show on Dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. It's Sunday night. Sunday night, uh, September 20th. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot what day it was. To be honest with you, I'm so exhausted right now. I don't know. I think it's because I'm a dad. I don't know what it is, but I'm tired all the time, and I don't know what to do. Like, I think I might just, like, start doing, like, crack in my spare time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Red Bulls and coffee have lost their effectiveness. Like, all coffees do is just make me take gigantic shits. Like, I don't get hype at all from a coffee. Like, coffee does nothing to me. Red Bulls, they don't do anything. Like, absolutely zilch. Like, I'm about to, I don't know if I can, like, intravenously inject Red Bull. I'm not too sure. I don't want to do crack. I think that was just a joke, I think. (laughs) Just being a dad, man. And I don't mean to talk about, like, being a dad every week, but it's a big part of my life, man. And you know, and I think maybe a lot of people that listen to this podcast are probably parents as well. Like, it's a beautiful thing, but fuck, man. I just want to sleep. <laughs> like, that's it, man. So I'm going to try to go to bed tonight. So I'm starting to record this bad boy. It's 8.42 p.m., 8.43 now. So if I can get this show going and be in bed by 10 o'clock, it'd be pretty cool. I uh, I want to start watching some Halloween movies. It's the end of September, and I think it's appropriate. You know, there are people out there that always gripe about like the seasons starting too early. Like my wife and I went to Hobby Lobby the other day and they had Christmas stuff out already and I'm all on board with it. Like I would put Christmas decor up November 1st if I could. My wife's like, no, that's way too early. But, you know, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. So I'll probably just start putting stuff up and see what happens, man. You know, I would like to cut down my own Christmas tree. I think that would be a blast just go to a field like Clark Griswold, strap it to the top of the Jetta. I don't have a station wagon, which I sort of wish I did, but I can, uh, I'll tie it to the top of my Jetta. But the reason why I want to do it is obviously because of Christmas cheer. But since I have a daughter now, I want her to have a strong role model in her life. You know, my wife and I are going to try to be that for her. And I think by buying a chainsaw and having my soon to be one year old at that point because she's about she's oh shit she'll be eight months old in five days oh my gosh I can't believe it but to have my let's say in November she would be like nine months old to have my nine month old see her father handle a chainsaw like a freaking boss I I think that's enough for a strong role model and honestly I've sort of been wanting a chainsaw in my life anyway like I'm a dad now and I think if you're a dad you have to have a truck first and foremost so I'm probably going to get rid of the Jetta and get a truck like I don't know why I ever bought a Jetta a Jetta I like not that it's a bad thing because I'm not like it's a girl car <laughs> and like I don't mean that like in a bad way but like whose dad drives a Volkswagen Jetta like that's embarrassing like what am I gonna go recycle <laughs> like why the fuck am I driving a Jetta man like so whatever dude like I don't care about the environment I think as a dad I said that in jest I think as a dad I need an eight miles per gallon Chevy full-size truck and a fucking chainsaw to cut stuff down when it needs cut down you know I got a tree in my front yard that needs to be cut down and the reason why is there's a main pipe that goes into my house that had a root in it that we had to blast out with this um I got a buddy who owns a like a plumbing business so we took this like 4,000 psi thing that shoots out water and put it in my pipes and blew out the root and right so it the problem's fixed but if I don't get rid of the tree it's going to happen again, and I'm going to have a partial clog in the main pipe that goes into my house. It's not a good thing. We're talking feces, pal. Like, I don't want <laughs> like I don't want the pi- a plumbing pipe to blow up. That sounds scary. 
so that's where I need to cut down two trees in my front yard. Now, these aren't big trees. My house is only two years old. So the trees are probably uh, 10 feet tall, 15 feet tall, probably. And then the trunks of them are about as big around as like three big barrel baseball bats. Like what, two and what's a, what's a baseball bat barrel? Like two and three quarters, two and three quarters, I think. So it's probably my, the biggest tree is probably three two and three quarter barrels, right? And I think it could be chopped with an ax, but why not get a chainsaw? <laughs> so that's what's on my list. I think I'm going to pull the plug and buy a chainsaw because after I cut down the trees, like what if something else needs fixed? For example, what if I lock my keys in my car? Chainsaw, problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I lock myself out of my house, chainsaw. And now you'd be asking yourself, well, if you lock yourself out of your house, your chainsaw's probably in your garage. <laughs> I think you should carry the chainsaw always in the back of your truck. Like, are you a dad or not? Are you a dad or not? Do you have a chainsaw in your truck? So I'm just telling you, man, chainsaw is where it's at, dude. Um, gosh, if you can tell, I'm tired. I'm so sorry. We'll get to some baseball stuff here in a little bit. Actually, we can um, we can start to get into some baseball stuff now, but I'm going to start with life on Venus. So there's a news report that came out well, like last week or the week before, and scientists, this is so funny, think that there might be life on Venus, right? Because they found a gas on Venus called phospholine, I think is what it is. Who cares what it is? Let's call it phospholine. This isn't a NASA podcast. This is a baseball podcast, right? But what's funny about this gas, phospholine, that they found on Venus is a lot of times it tells you if there's life on the planet because it's like a waste gas, right? I can think if there's like poop or something, phospholine shows up. But also, this phospholine gas also shows up in meth labs. <laughs> so I was like, man, do you think they're like aliens cooking meth on Venus? Like, who knows what kind of planet this is, right? Like, it's not a livable planet, but maybe there are a few people living there that are just all, you know, cracked out on meth, living in trailers. And it's sort of just like, you know, home to me. Yeah, maybe, possibly. I don't really know. But I like the idea of it. And what's funny about that is it made me think of this story. So our first segment is going to be story time with Quentin. And I uh, it's centered around aliens. This is, this is honestly one of the funnest times I had in my life. So check this out. I When I graduated college, I got a job at a cell phone store, right? So my major was in marketing. But I lived in a small town in southern Illinois. And there were uh, really no marketing jobs there, right? But there were... Um, there was a cell phone store, Verizon cell phone store. So I got a job at a Verizon because I was a broke college kid. I had eaten pork ramen noodles for like four straight years, which I still love them. Like I'm not sick of them. And really when I'm feeling froggy on a Friday night and want to binge watch <laughs> Ancient Aliens, which was one of the things that was so like I loved about this because I love to binge Ancient Aliens. So I'm all in on aliens. I just am like I've, I've invested a lot of time into Ancient Aliens generally how it looks is I'll get really high, buy a lot of cheese puffs and pork ramen noodles and stay up all night and just pull the best all night. And if you haven't done it, right, some people do yoga, some people do Zen, some people meditate or whatever that is. If my mind is really just like hectic and I'm like, dude, it's been a rough week, right? I'll just go. I got a buddy that sells weed. He grows it. I'll just, I'll go, go buy. It's not legal here, but I like to live on the edge. I'll just go buy some pot, a good amount of it. I like to buy Cheetos, but I buy like the Simply Healthy Cheetos because the amount of cheese puffs that I eat, let's face it, if I can get some that are just a little healthier because I'll be 37 in October, 
let's go the healthy route because if I'm going to eat three to four bags, I'm not shitting you, three to four bags of cheese puffs, get the ones that are like simply natural, right? I don't know what that means, but they taste great and I'll dig them, right? But I'm a big fan of pork ramen noodles, man, 100%. And so I got the job at the cell phone store because at the time I was like, I can't eat more ramen noodles. And the cell phone store paid like commission and stuff like 50, 60, 70 grand. And I was a college kid. So I was like, yo, let me get that job. And plus they will pay for your cell phone. And I was like, this is great, right? So I get this job at the cell phone store. And the way the cell phone store is set up is it's like take a number, right? Like if you go to a doctor's office and you sign in and then a nurse comes out and they call your name, right? So that's how it was at the cell phone store. You would walk into the cell phone store if you were a customer, type in your name on a computer, it would go in a system, and then I and then the names would just get pulled randomly. It was like seating at a restaurant, you know what I mean? Whoever gets your table is just a line. Doesn't matter. Someone's gonna get it randomly. So I am um, I see it there's like a there was a big window at the side of the store, right? So I saw the guy pull up and it was he drove a big rig, right? So this was a truck driver, and I know. This was this was a man of the road. He he looked like he lived on the edge. He had a sleeveless T-shirt. He had a trucker mesh hat on. He um he had like those tattoos that people that served in Vietnam have, like the green tattoos that sort of have like a skull or an angel on them with writing, but like you can't read the writing because the tattoos are so shit. You know what I'm talking about? The Vietnam green tattoos, like the real hardcore biker truck drivers, like just badass dudes have like the green tattoos because either they've been to war or, you know, went on like a weekend bender and there was a guy with him that said he could do tattoos in his kitchen. So all of a sudden he's got this green tattoo on his arm, right? That's what the guy had. He had these green tattoos and I saw him pull up and I was like, yo, damn, that's what's up, man. So... And, but he, I didn't know the guy's name, so when I called his name, and I don't remember what it was, I got the guy, right? I, I The guy, I called his name, and he wanted to buy a phone for me. So let's call him Rocky, right? I think Rocky is a good name for my truck driver friend who has green Vietnam tattoos, a sleeveless black shirt, probably a Harley Davidson shirt. He's wearing a trucker hat, probably something that advertises like some feed and seed or like Acme feed and seed or something like that, right? Because he's a, he's a, you know, he's a farmer man as well. So like I get the guy and I'm like, yo, Rocky, what's up, man? What can I help you with? And he said, I need a new battery for my phone. And I'm like, okay. And this was back, was, most people had flip phones. This was in 2009, right? So he um, gives me his phone and you could take the battery out of phones. Like you can't take batteries out of phones anymore, but you could then, right? So I popped the battery out of his flip phone and the battery's not damaged, right? When a cell phone battery goes bad, it'll swell up and just get really fat in the middle. And so I popped Rocky's battery out of his phone and I'm like, hey man, your, your battery's fine. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, that's how they track you. And I said, well, what the fuck? And he goes, yeah, the batteries. He goes, the batteries, how they track you. He's he's not he's not laughing when he's saying this. And I'm like cracking up on the inside. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? And he goes, that's how. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, aliens. And I said, what? And he dead ass looked at me. This was a guy that wasn't kidding around. I just described him to you. He had a big rig. A bright red big wig, big rig with chrome wheels and may have had flames on the side probably and had his Vietnam tattoos like I've already said and he had a chain wallet and probably had a gun on him. I didn't ask, but he had a big knife on his holster, but he probably he couldn't brandish the gun because concealed carry wasn't around in 09. So I imagine he had one of those Danny Glover 
off Lethal Weapon gun holsters. You know what I mean? When you ever watch Lethal Weapon? I thought this was the coolest shit when I was a kid. And Danny Glover puts on like the vest with the two gun holsters. So he puts on his vest with two guns in it and then puts on a suit jacket. Like that's what I imagine this guy had. He had like, he had breast gun holders where like he would just whip them out and go, right? And so I knew, I knew he wasn't joking about aliens, right? And he's like, that's how they, the aliens. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, he goes, the aliens. He's talking to me quiet and he's real close to me like this. Like I'm real close to the mic right now. And like, he's so close to me. Like I can smell the mustard on his breath because I know he's been eating truck stop hot dogs. Strong, strong mustard scent with a hint of tapioca. And he goes, yeah, aliens. He goes, do you see the chemtrails in the sky? And I said, what? The chemtrails. When the planes fly through the air and the gas comes out the back? He goes, that's chemtrails. That's how they control you. Mind control to make you docile and behave. And I said, aliens? He goes, yeah. He goes, also, I need you to change my phone number too. So he was changing his phone number and getting a new cell phone battery because that's how they tracked you, right? And so when I went to change his number, he had had his number changed because you could, I could see all the previous names. This guy changed his cell phone number 101 times. I kid you not. They were all numbered. He changed his phone number that much, and he bought tons of batteries because you can see everyone's purchase history under their phone number. And so he's telling me about chemtrails. He's telling me about all these conspiracy theories on Earth, like these reptilian people who talk to aliens who may or may not sacrifice babies at Bohemian Grove. Like stuff got really weird. And on the inside, like I'm like trying so hard not to laugh. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I I can't control myself at this point. But then the shit hit the fan. Right. So he pulls out of his pocket a tin like a tin case, T-I-N, tin case, and it's a Cabela's tin case, it was almost like the size of a wallet, right, like a case someone would have bought a wallet in, you know, because when you buy a wallet, it'll come in a tin case, right, so he pulls out this tin case, and he gets close to me again, man, mustard scent, strong, and he opens up this tin case, but he doesn't open it up, he cracks it, he barely cracks it, and he's breathing in my face, mustard, Oh, I mean, he goes, he goes, look at this. And he, he, he opens the tin case, but he barely opens it. And when he cracks it open, he's still breathing. Oh, uh, mustard. He cracks it open. And I see another cell phone in there. And as soon as I barely catch a glimpse, a sliver of a glimpse of that cell phone, bam, he shuts the tin case. And he goes, I keep that phone in a tin case because they can't track the phone through the tin hey who would have fucking thought how does he know that right because he drives a big rig that's bright red with flames has vietnam tattoos a trucker hat for feed and seed and a sleeveless harley davidson shirt i've told you why this is a guy that can be trusted and he goes on that phone right there that's where i call mercenary i call mercenary on that phone And I said, what, like mercenary, like a special soldier, an elite soldier? And he's like, I can't answer that. And then that was it. I sold him his battery. I sold him his phone and he was gone. And so I wonder now, like, where's Rocky at? Does he know? Does he already know that there was life on Venus? Does he know that? Does he know about aliens? Does he know where the aliens are? I feel like maybe he's been picked up by aliens. If I had asked, if I had been smarter, I would have asked him if he'd been picked up by aliens. And I don't know if he would have told me or not, but I feel like in that moment, 
I had um, maybe discovered my own life on a different planet because that guy was off his rocker, dude. Like, it was so crazy, man. But I, one can only hope there's life on Venus. And if there's not, uh, as long as they play an MLB postseason, we'll, uh, we'll do it to it, which has been announced, the format of it's been announced and it's been approved. And we will go over that right about now. Okay, so let's go over this right now because I actually haven't even read up on this. So when I'm telling you what the 2020 postseason is going to look like, like I'm hearing it for the first time too. I don't do any show prep. This isn't some fancy operation. You know, I'm trying to get to bed ASAP, dude. I got acid reflux. I have time for this shit. Okay, so normal postseason is, I think, 12 teams total, right? Because if you're playing the NLDS and the ALDS, that's four teams on each side. So that's eight teams. But there's always a wild card game on the front end of that, right? So there's an AL wild card game and an NL wild card game, right? So that's four, so that's wait, hold on. Four, eight, that's twelve teams. Yeah. One, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten. Twelve teams. So twelve teams total is the postseason and that wild card game's a winner take all, right? So this season it's sixteen teams total. Eight on each side. Holy cow, I can't catch my breath. I've eaten so much food. I really got to get healthy. Oh, fuck it. I, uh, what's, so what's cool about this is you still have two wild card. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to rant. I swear I'll talk about baseball. You have eight, you have, uh, two wild card teams still, right? But each of your wild card winners, your NL wild card winners and AL, because you have two wild cards, but they don't play each other. Your wild card teams play in a divisional round, and there are, your division winners, so you've got your four division winners, but then you also have one, two, three second place winners. Oh, I just said four. This isn't football. Three. You've got your three division winners, then your second place in the division, they get to the postseason as well. Okay, so that's how that goes. So two wild card winners. In the first round of playoffs, it's all the best of three. So this first round is a full round that comes before the NLDS, which is still a best of five. And then your championship series is a best of seven. So you would have your division winner, your top nationally division winner against the second wild card team. So that's your one seed and your eight seed, right? Top opponent against the weakest opponent. Then your National League um, second number one division winner, they go against the the second place number two division. I'm not going to go over all this, but that's what it is. You've got div- you've got your best division winner against your wild card. You've got your second best division winner against the other wild card. Then your third best division winner against the, I guess, presumably the second place, second finisher, whatever, right? I'm going to stop there. I'm ruining this for everybody. That's how that looks, okay? Now, that's pretty much that. Okay, I guess that's it. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything else. Oh, this is interesting. So the best of three wild card series, which that's it looks like that's what we're calling the whole round that comes before the division series. The best of three wild card series, the best of five division series, and the best of seven. 
League Championship Series, all of those games happen with no days off because teams aren't traveling now, right? So your National League Division Series, those are all played in Texas, Arlington and Houston. And the ALDS, those games are played in San Diego and LA, which is going to be way better weather. Is it really hot in Texas all the time? I've never even been. Um, so that's cool because so there's all travel is eliminated. And that's obviously because of COVID. But it's nice because teams don't have to travel, but they can also get this stuff done quicker because they can play straight through and not take days off. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think if you're a Major League Baseball player, probably traveling first class, traveling is probably pretty easy. But also at the same time, like packing, leaving it late at night, getting in early in the morning, like travel just generally sucks. So I don't know which one's better or not. I imagine there are probably pros and cons. It's going to be really weird how, because pitching's going to be strange now because there aren't any off days. Okay, now here's what else we have, though. In between each series, so in between the wild card series and in between the division series and the championship series and all that, there's going to be at least one day off. So they're not going to play all of those games straight through, but your best of three straight through, day off. Your best of five straight through, day off. Then your best of seven straight through, day off, you know? And there could be more than one day off depending on when the other series ends, right? If you sweep the best of five, but the other series that you're going to play the winner of goes all five, it's probably going to give you an extra day off, right? But with the pitching, right, it's really interesting because since there are no days off, it would be harder, probably impossible, even in a game, even the best of five, to pitch your stud on short rest because previously, like, you had an off day so you could pitch him more often. But without having an off day, like, let's say if you had your ace in, like, a best of seven series or even, like, a best of five, right? Pitch game one, then you play game two, and then you have an off day, and then you go into game three, and then game four. So your stud in a best of five could conceivably pitch a game one and a game four. That's not going to happen because there's no day off. That would push your ace to game five, which is really going to change a lot of you know how teams handle things because you can't rely on your ace sooner. So if game four is a meaningful game to you, well, you didn't get your off day. So your stud ace if you want to try to start him, I guess, on two days rest or whatever, right? Because that's what that would be. Because if he pitches game one, then would be off game two, off game three, and off game four. That would be your three days rest. And he would come back on game five, right? So that could make things really tricky because you can't rely on your stud ace that much. But also with the way bullpens are used, it's going to change that too. You know, like your Andrew Millers and Kenley Jansons of the past, they're not going to get that off day as well. So you teams are going to have to rely on Guys that aren't their stud relievers, you know, like a lot of their middle inning guys are going to get used and depended on in the postseason. So you've really, to be successful, you got to have a lot of pitching depth. And I wonder if that's what's going to really, you know, that's how you could, if you're predicting a winner, right? The team, obviously, with the deepest pitching staff, not just the best, like one, two, and three in the best three, you know, bullpen guys, that's not necessarily going to win because your bullpen guys, you might have to lean on bullpen guy number four and bullpen number bullpen guy number five. And if your starter shit the bed, maybe bullpen guy number six. Things would get really weird because you can't have a bullpen guy throw, you know, four or five days in a row. Like they need that off day. So not being able to rely on those is a pretty tricky situation. But what's an interesting thing is, is I think I don't know if the Dodgers have done this before, but I think at one point, I know the Nationals did it last year. Actually, no, not the Dodgers. The Red Sox and the Red Sox in 2018 and the Nationals in 2019 used a rover 
approach, which means they would they were throwing their starters in the bullpen, and their starters instead of throwing a bullpen day, like on the side, they would just throw their bullpen day bullpen day, <laughs> yeah, their bullpen day during the game, right? So Patrick Corbin pitched a lot out of the bullpen last year, and instead of throwing his bullpen day during like practice or whatever, he would just do it during a real life game, and it worked out really well, right? So that's not going to happen anymore because your starters are probably going to be forced to go deeper into games because if the bullpen gets overworked, right, like Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller or you Darvish or whoever the starter is, right, they're going to have to go deep into games, like seven or eight innings. And I'm I'm pretty stoked about that, right? If you listen to the podcast, you know I like old school baseball. And I don't know if it can happen this season, but, you know, can the Cubs and the Dodgers play and we can have like a you Darvish, Clayton Kershaw duel where they go seven, eight, nine innings and there's two hits between the two teams and someone hits a walk-off home run, preferably the Cubs, but hey, whatever. Like, I just want some good baseball. And I think, like, this is all pretty chaotic. There are a lot of teams out there that are scared because the situation changes, right? If you're a, um, you know, if you're the third best second place division winner, right? I can't, to wrap your head around that, if you're the third best team that finished second in their division, that's what we're saying, then you're feeling pretty good about being in the postseason because otherwise you wouldn't be in the postseason because you wouldn't have made the wild card cut, but now you're in the postseason. So that's good for your team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you're like a Marlins fan, you might actually get in the postseason. And I think right now they would be in the postseason if the season ended, right? Which is so rad. But if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers who've been absolutely dominant for the last however many years, including this truncated season, you have the fear now where you get to go play a best of three series against the worst playoff team, and it's like, we could lose, right? Baseball's not like the NFL or NBA to where the best team wins a lot of the time. In Major League Baseball, like, shit happens, man. Like the Dodgers have been the best regular season team in baseball for God knows how long. And they have not won a world series because stuff happens. Baseball is so unpredictable, right? Anything can happen in baseball, like bad luck, freak injuries, just like, well, like freak injuries can happen at any sport, but just like bad luck. Like what was it? The 2001 world series where Mariano Rivera is pitching, right? The best closer in the history of earth the whole universe, including the alien life forms on Venus, gives up that bloop single to Luis Gonzalez Gonzalez because of like a particular defensive situation that they had played, right? Like such a freak incident. And I think that year the Yankees were probably the best team. I think the Yankees are always the best team, which is awful because they won like 12 games in a row right now. And they hit six home runs in a game the other day. Five home runs in a fucking inning. The Yankees did just the other day. Like, Oh my God, like I, what's, it's always really good when the Yankees are dominant because we just get to see who's going to beat them. <laughs> Not really. If you're a Yankees fan, I love you. But like when the Yankees lost the World Series to like the Marlins once, yeah, and then the Diamondbacks, like those are two expansion teams. But like I don't feel sorry for Yankees fans. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a Yankees fan, go cry over your 55 world championships or however many your teams had, right? I'm a Cubs fan, right? They've won one World Series in my lifetime. Chances are I'm going to go through more livers than they've won World Series titles. It's just so hard, but it's fun, whatever. And uh, But I say livers. 
because Chicago Cubs baseball makes you drink. But maybe Yankees baseball makes you drink because they win so much and you celebrate. But the type of drinking you do as a Cubs fan is mostly by yourself. You're covered in tears. And it's just really depressing. Um, but, oh, yeah, back to the uh, the postseason thing, right? So it's the start. We, we could see some starters go deep into games. And things because things are quite a bit chaotic, I think some fun things could happen, you know, with like maybe getting some pitchers duels, you know, uh, coaches, managers getting creative with how they use their team. Because the creativity sort of always happens when you have teams like the A's and the Tampa Bay Rays. They always get creative, and it's really interesting to see. And so just what happens creatively this year, I think is going to be pretty cool. But also you could run into some, you know, some players that, you know, you don't really know that well or haven't even heard of really perform really good in the postseason. And I always like a great postseason story, you know, whether it's a guy like David Freeze or who was the other guy the Cardinals had, David Eckstein. Um, I would say Luis Gonzalez, but that was his steroid year where he hit like 59 home runs or something like that. But I mean, just... A playoff hero that comes out of nowhere is always such a great story, man, because they're just like a normal guy who's been in the the minors for like 10 years. He's on a $500,000 contract, and they do really good. And, like, you feel, like, happy for that person because it's not the star, but it's someone that just that grinded their whole career just to barely get where they're at. And then to see someone like that succeed is great. And I wonder, like, if this postseason, we you know, we could see that because – Teams are going to have to stretch themselves and get creative. And, you know, everyone from an athletic ability is going to be pushed. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things in sports are just when, you know, athletes get pushed to just their limits, right? To that point of being completely uncomfortable, doing things they've never done before and pushing themselves. And I think that's really when you see some of the, you know, the the most special, you know, athletic moments. And I think bullpen-wise, though, so... This, you know, teams that have some deep bullpens, apparently, I've watched a little bit of White Sox baseball this year. I think the White Sox have been said to have a good bullpen. That'll be set up for the situation. I read in one place that the Oakland A's were not set up for a situation like this, and then another place that said they were sort of set up for a postseason like this. I've got to lean towards the Athletics being a stronger team in this situation because it seems like that's a team that always gets a lot out of the pitching that they sign, bring up, or acquire. They've got a starter named Jesus Lazardo. That is just a freaking horse, man. Like, the guy gets a ton of swings and misses. He's really good at striking guys out on three pitches. Like, he's just a beast. So, I like the Oakland A's. Obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers are... Dude, they have pitching for days. (laughs) The Dodgers always have pitching for days. But so do the Tampa Bay Rays, which I'm really excited about because if I obviously had to pick like an underdog team, I mean, no matter how good the Rays are, they're always an underdog because they're the Tampa Bay Rays. But in this situation, like I think I I always pick like secondary teams and then, you know, third teams that I like because when you're a Cubs fan and they make the postseason, you know, I've already told you I'm going to need a liver transplant in my life from being a Cubs fan. And that's what Cubs baseball does to you. So embracing the Cubs losing and me getting blackout once I recover from that, like I always like, well, what team am I going to vote for if and when the Cubs lose? I always like the Tampa Bay Rays, even though I'm pulling hard for a San Diego Padres Chicago White Sox World Series only because like so I can see Tim Anderson and Trent Grisham just do like badass bat flips or just 
strutting out of the batter's box like they're King Griffey Jr. Like, I love what those guys bring to the plate, right? Or bring to the table. I don't know why I said bring to the plate. Probably it's because I eat all the time. And it's, yeah, totally love it, man. But you've got to love, uh, I would say that's probably it. I don't know what the Padres are running bullpen-wise. I think they've got some good guys in the bullpen, but they got good starters too. And I think a lot of teams, I think that's why with the Athletics picked up Mike Miner, who's having an awful season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Oakland. I think he's already had one good start as an Athletic, and that might continue on because the the Tampa or the Oakland Athletics are sort of like the Yankees, man. They'll get guys and get so much out of him in their system, which is pretty rad. So, you know, I'd like I like the look of that, man. So it's going to be really interesting because this obviously having more teams in the postseason just this one year is obviously very interesting. And then with the setup favoring a lot of, you know, a couple smaller market teams. But the 16-team postseason is so badass because it's like some March Madness. Like, this is a huge bracket, which I absolutely dig. And I think Major League Baseball likes this as well because it gives fans a way to, like, gamify their experience where, you know, what makes March Madness so cool is, I mean, even people that aren't into college basketball get into March Madness simply because of, oh, hey, have you picked your bracket this year? And it's almost going to be like that this year with Major League Baseball because there's 16 teams in this. What are their March Madness? I think has 32 teams. So, but this is cool, right? So we're starting with the Sweet 16, which is rad. But this is really, you know, it's it's great to have a big bracket like this. I think a lot of baseball fans are going to enjoy it. I think if something like this hung around, it could be really good for Major League Baseball. But there are a lot of problems with doing this season doing what Major League Baseball is doing this season, doing it every season. Like, the neutral site situation is pretty cool. You know, like the NLDS being played strictly in Texas, the ALDS strictly in California. But neutral sites will never work long-term because if you're like a season ticket holder and a diehard whatever team fan that you are, part of your team getting to the postseason and you being excited is if you live in that town or close to that town or can go to that town and watch, you know, the Cubs play or the Red Sox play or the Yankees play in their home stadium, right? So sort of like to not have a postseason game in Yankee Stadium or Fenway or Wrigley Field, like every season those teams make the postseason, like that would sort of suck. And then also like if they swapped it every year, like if I had to watch the Cardinals and the Brewers play at Wrigley Field or like what if you had to watch like the Yankees and the Rays play at Fenway? Like that would be so weird. But you can't have like, you know, you couldn't do this every year in Texas and California because it wouldn't be fair to those fans of that team, right? So it's great that they're doing this because it eliminates off days, but I mean I wouldn't change that. But I think I think what major I think I think I feel this way as well as Major League Baseball players is 16 teams is probably too much. Because it takes away a lot of the incentive to win your division. Because there are so many teams that come into this. Like, you've got your three division winners. And then you have all three second place teams in those divisions. Plus, two wild card winners. Which I guess would be, what, like like third place teams in a division? Which is too much. Because then at that point, there's not a lot of incentive to win the division because, like, if you're just good enough, then just make, I mean, do you know, do your work at the trade deadline and don't do any offseason work. And, you know, that could affect players getting, you know, big long-term contracts, which we're already having problems with as is. that, And that's it for another conversation. But 
you know, 16 teams is probably too much for that reason. But I think a lot of Major League Baseball players said they would do 14 and 12 games, like they would like to 12 games. And even if you did 14 games, you would have still, you would just be, I mean, if you had 14 teams, I, I, I think you would only could have 12 teams. Out. Oh, no, you could only have 12 teams, but you could do 14 teams if your division winners got like a bye which I think a lot of Major League Baseball players would be pretty cool with because there's your incentive to win the division. You get to skip a completely different series. So you would end up cutting these two teams out because the fact right now that, you know, like who like your division winners, which could be the Cubs, or like let's do like your top division winners, which I think in the American League, the White Sox might still have the best record. And then in the National League, the Dodgers still have the best record. It's sort of shitty that those teams – don't get a bye, and they have to go in and play the weakest wild card team, which at a best of three, like anything could happen. Like there's no cut. You can't come back and invest the three series. Like if you drop the first two games and then one of the next two, like you're sort of just fucked because you're going to lose because there's no coming back from it. Because if you drop two games, you're one game away from losing versus like a best of seven series or I guess, well, even a best of five. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a best of five, like you could still be down you know, lose two games or whatever. But I mean, a best of five or best of three are two completely different things. But oh, I'm saying that completely wrong. Because in a best of five, if you drop two games, you're in trouble. But a best of three, if you drop two games, you're done. So like in a best of three, like if the Dodgers or the White Sox, who have stellar, who are, who are elite teams right now in the AL and NL, if they drop the first game or the best of three, they're in trouble because the next game is an elimination game and anything can happen. Accidents happen in baseball. You know what I mean? Whether you've got your ace on the mound or not, like hitters have bad days and defenses can make mistakes. So it's like, dude, there's so much on the line for these top teams. It's crazy. Now let's look right now. Let's get into the standings. And I know some teams have clinched already. So the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees have clinched. So, they're going to make it, and if the season were to end now, neither of those teams would be a wild card team, right? So here's what you got in the American League. The Rays and the Yankees have clinched. The Rays are leading the division. Yankees are three and a half back. The White Sox have clinched, and right now the White Sox have the second best record in baseball. Tampa Bay's got the first, but believe it or not, the White Sox have a better record than the Yankees. The White Sox are the real deal right now. The White Sox are running a plus 75 run differential, and that is the best in the American League. And the third best in baseball behind the Padres and the Dodgers who have the best at 119, right? So you've got, yeah, that's your American League. Tampa Bay Rays, Yankees, White Sox, Twins, and then Oakland has clinched as well. They're currently leading the Houston Astros by six games, and the Astros are only a game above 500. So sort of a, a rough go for them, but their pitching's whack, dude. Justin Verlander actually has to have Tommy John surgery. So, oh, that's scary. But, um... Yeah, that, I mean, that could work. I think he could recover well from it, whatever. I don't know. He's still got gas, so we'll take it. In the National League, the Dodgers and the Padres have clinched, which still holds true. So my Padres, White Sox World Series could still happen. And I'm excited, man, because the Padres and the White Sox are going to make the postseason. And then the, the Rays and the A's are going to make the postseason again. And I love to see those teams in the postseason. And they've been bounced the past two years, sort of like in depressing ways. So I hope this year they can actually do some damage. And that's pretty much it. You know, teams that haven't clinched. Atlanta's leading the NL East, but they only have a three-game lead on the Marlins, which is so awesome. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Philadelphia Phillies are third. So the Phillies are a game behind 
the Miami Marlins. And I'd like to see the Phillies make the postseason too. The Mets probably won't make the postseason. And the National League Central, the Cubs have a four-game lead on the Cardinals, but neither of those teams have clinched either. So that's pretty much what you have. And I guess right now, like if the season were to end, you would have Oh, I don't want to go through all that. You'd have all you'd have the Rays, Yankees, White Sox, Twins, Oakland Athletics, and then the Houston Astros. And then your two wild card teams in the American League would be the Cleveland Indians and the Toronto Blue Jays, which would be fun to see the Blue Jays in the postseason. I would totally dig that. And then in the National League, you would have the Braves and the Marlins would be in the postseason. The Marlins. Well, dude, I would have never thought like two years ago the Marlins look so bad. But the Marlins have good starters. They really do. And then in the National League Central, you'd have the Cubs and the Cardinals. And then in the National League West, you'd have the Dodgers and the Padres. And your wild card teams would be the Philadelphia Phillies and, well, I guess right now either – the uh, Cincinnati Reds or the San Francisco Giants. Right now, they're both 500 baseball, but the Reds are 27-27 and the Giants are 26-26, and right? Neither of those teams feel like legitimate postseason teams. So that's really the argument with 16 teams is too big because are the Giants a legitimate postseason team or the Cincinnati Reds? Absolutely not. And like the Miami Marlins, I mean, they're 28-25, and 25, so I mean... Not really, but they're the second place team, so they would be one of the teams to go, right? Even if you eliminate it to 14 teams, because you would take your first and second place division winners. So that that's interesting in itself. But the NL East is like that. Like the Marlins are three games above 500, the Phillies are one game above 500, then the Mets are like five games below 500. So it's really just a crappy division at this point. It's not that great. Even the Braves are only playing to a 585 win percentage, which is just a little bit worse than what the Cubs are doing, and the Cubs aren't having a great season right now. I mean, they're leading their division, which is great. You know what I mean? But, like, the the Cubs don't look like they're going to be able to hang with, like, the Dodgers or the Padres or anything like that. All right, next on the agenda, Josh, Donald, Josh Donaldson. Uh, it's about two days ago, They the Twins were playing the White Sox, and the, the umpire dude called this pitch that was, like, four inches off the plate to strike. And Josh Donaldson was like, you know— Getting at the ump a little bit, like not yelling at the ump or showing him up, but like it looked like he had a conversation with the ump. That's all it looked like was just a conversation, right? So it didn't even look tense because Josh Donaldson had sort of checked his swing, but on the replay, like he successfully checked his swing. So he did not swing at that pitch. And the ump, I probably said he called it a strike based on the pitch and not the swing. And the pitch was four inches off the plate. So Donaldson was like pissed, but like was, was keeping his composure in the box, right? Next pitch, Josh Donaldson hits a home run, right? Circles the bases. When he crosses home plate, as he's like tacking home plate, he drags his foot and kicks dust on the plate. And then he's not sure if he touches the plate. So he goes back and touches the plate and then kicks even more dust on the plate and then gets kicked out of the game. The ump kicks him out immediately and Josh Donaldson then chirps the ump a little bit and then walks off. And that's sort of a weird situation because so Josh Donaldson got kicked out. I think that was like the sixth inning or something like that. And as it turns out, at that time when Josh Donaldson hit the home run, the Twins were winning. But when the game was finished, the White Sox won by a run at 4-3. to three, And Josh Donaldson's spot in the lineup came up later in the game with the bases loaded. And Josh Donaldson wasn't there. So you run into a problem. Did Josh Donaldson harm his team by getting kicked out of the game? Well, here's what Josh Donaldson said about it after the game. 
He said, I feel great about it, getting kicked out of the game and throwing dirt all over the plate with his foot. Hey, I feel great about it. I think I nailed it, actually. He goes, I heard the television analysts. They all had a lot of people texting saying that they were embarrassed, right? Justin Morneau was a TV guy, and he said he had people texting him saying that they were embarrassed of what Josh Donaldson did, that he crossed home plate, kicked dirt all over the plate. He didn't even say anything to the ump when he did it. He crossed home plate and just kicked dirt on the plate, right? And got kicked out of the game, which I, which I think is an overreaction. But, you know, so he said, I feel great about it. I think I nailed it. Justin Murnau was a TV guy, said he had people texting him saying they were embarrassed. Josh Donaldson says, well, I'm not embarrassed. This is my livelihood, and this is part of what makes me the player I am. And at the end of the day, if I have something on my chest, that's going to be what it is. Now, when Josh says, this is part of what makes me the player I am, right? On the surface, when you look at that game and ask yourself the question, well, did Josh Donaldson hurt his team by getting kicked out? Well, you're going to look at it and say, well, yeah, because the Twins lost by a run and his spot came up later in the game with the bases loaded and some no-name had to pinch hit for him and struck out on three pitches. That's what happened, right? So you say, well, of course he hurt the team. But listen, baseball is generally a 162-game season and this year is a 60-game season and the Twins have already clinched a playoff spot. I'd, if you were to ask me, Hey, do you think that Josh Donaldson hurt his team by doing this? My answer is 100% no, because that is the player Josh Donaldson is. That's who you signed. He plays with an edge no different than Trent Grisham hitting his home run and staring at it, or Javi Baez doing what he's doing, or when Jose Batista did what he did, right? You've got to play with emotion in the game of baseball, right? So many people want to treat baseball like golf. No offense if you play golf and treat it as like this gentleman's sport. Like, don't show any emotion. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't show up the umps, right? I love what Josh Johnson did because that is who he is. And the team needs that, right? Like, maybe the team, like, needed him in that one game, in that one at bat. But you win as a team and you lose as a team, right? And Josh Donaldson was on a team that was down by one run. Like, in baseball... It's not like basketball or like in football having a quarterback where one person can carry a team. And everybody knows that. So with that being what baseball is, how could you be pissed at Josh Donaldson for getting kicked out in the sixth inning in that one game when there's a whole long season, right? Because I can't say, well, not one player makes the team. You know, not one player makes this team. And then when he gets kicked out of the game, be like, hey, we really needed you. Where were you at? You know what I mean? No, we win as a team and lose as a team. And this is like a team effort. And who Josh Donaldson is as a player is just that. And I know what it did to the team in this one game by saying, hey, he well, he couldn't bat later in the game. But what does it do to this team as far as like their swagger and their confidence and their edginess throughout 60 teams? And what does it do to them when they go to the postseason, right? Josh Donaldson being this veteran who's playing with this fucking drive, who's just like, yo, screw this up. He has no accountability. And I'm going to let him know what's up. I think that gets the whole team in the dugout playing with an edge. And I think that's what you need in baseball more than anything, right? This isn't a library. This isn't golf. And this isn't some sort of like gentleman's country club, right? You got to play hardcore in this game. You know, if you want to stare at a home run, or kick dust up on the plate because the ump's an idiot. Like, do that stuff. And if you get kicked out of a, a regular season game that for the Twins is, like, semi-meaningless, like, I get they're in a division race because they're, like, a couple games back from the White Sox or whatever. Like, I get that. But 
you can't look at it as the one game. You have to look at it as the whole season, who Josh is, and that's the player you brought in, right? You can't get edgy Josh Donaldson and be like, oh, don't do that anymore. That's who he is. You can't coach out the good qualities of a player because, like, they backfire every now and then. Like, that happens to everybody, right? Like, the Cubs have you Darvish, and obviously the Dodgers getting him two years ago backfired a little bit, right? Like, that happens whether – you know, you're getting kicked out of the game or, you know, good players just have bad days. And it's like, I mean, things happen, you know. I think what Josh Donaldson did is no different than, you know, a player making a fielding error, right, and allowing a run. Like, those things happen. That's why it's a long season. The whole season isn't made up of one game. It just doesn't happen. But part of why Josh Donaldson was so mad is he's like, hey, these umps, you know, this is what Josh Donaldson said of umpires. He goes, if the umpire consistently isn't doing his job correctly, that's affecting our careers as baseball players and our success. That's what Josh Johnson told reporters. And he said, at the end of the day, there's no reprimand, no accountability for these guys that are making the decision, that are calling these awful strikes, right? And as a matter of fact, he says the umps don't even care that they make bad calls. Most of them don't care at all that they make bad calls. They just want to get the game over with for the most part. And it's pretty sad because these umpires are making six figures a year and there's no accountability for them. And you know what? He's right. And I think it's such crap that like Josh, like that was an awful call. It was so far outside. It was in the other batter's box. It was at least four inches off the plate, right? And it's like this umpire, Dan Bellino, is such a baby Josh Donaldson crosses the plate, kicks a little bit of dirt on the plate, and then gets kicked out of the game. And it's like the umpire needs to own that he made a bad call, right? So this umpire makes a horrible call, and Josh Donaldson has a civil conversation with him, then hits the home run. Then when he circles the bases, he kicks a little bit of dirt on the plate to let the ump know, like, hey, I don't appreciate what you did. And then he gets kicked out of the game. Like, the umpire should have just worn the bad call on the chin, taking the dust on the plate, cleaned it off, and went on for it and been like, hey, man, I made a bad call. But part of the reason why Josh kicked the dust on the plate is because the umpire didn't give a shit, right? The umpire could have looked at Josh and been like, hey, maybe that was a bad call. I'm sorry. And Josh would be like, okay, that's cool. And Josh's problem is that umpires don't even care that they make shitty calls at all. And it's just such a pussy move that this umpire kicked Josh Donaldson out of the game for kicking a little dust on the plate because he made a call that was four to five inches off the plate. Damn near half a foot off the plate. Like, what in the world? It probably was half a foot off the plate. It was an awful pitch. It was horrible. Like, dude, like, are you blind? Like, What's happening here? Like, somebody get these umps eye exams for real. Call lens crafters. Like, they need a deal. They need, these umpires need some of those Chris Sabo rec specs because they can't see shit, dude. It is awful. <laughs> the Sabo rec specs are so legit, man. So, Dawson's got a point. It's such a weak move for this umpire to kick him out, man. Wear your mistake on the chin. Move on from it. Tell Josh you made a bad call. And if he cooks a little dust on the plate, dude, take it like a man, dude. Like, like, what in the world? Like, you're going to kick him out like a baby? Oh, I don't like what you did. I'm going to kick you out of the game. So now I kicked you out of the game because you got mad because I made an awful strike call. That's so stupid. All right, last but not least on this night, Trent Grisham hit a home run last week off Clayton Kershaw. The Padres and Dodgers played a three-game set last week. The Dodgers took two out of three. But game one of that three-game set, the Padres won. And part of that reason was because a guy named Trent Grisham 
of San Diego Padres hit a phenomenal home run solo shot off Clayton Kershaw. Now, when he hit the ball off Clayton Kershaw, he stood in the batter's box and he stared at it. And then he looked over at his own dugout and stared and like got pumped towards his dugout and then ran the bases. Now, before he even got to first base, the Dodgers dugout was chirping him. Infield players were probably chirping him. They weren't happy that he stood in the batter's box. Now, here's the thing. When Trent Grisham hit the home run, he stood in the batter's box, but he wasn't admiring the ball. After he hit it, he looked at the ball, then looked at his dugout and like was getting his dugout hyped with like a like an intense stare. You know what I mean? And then he circled the bases just fine. And the Dodgers were super pissed about this, which is so weird because last season, Max Muncy did the same thing to Madison Bumgarner and was like trotting around the bases slow, admired the home run. And Madison Bumgarner was like, run the fucking bases. And then Max Muncy's like, if you don't like it, go get my ball out of McCovey Cove, right? And so the Dodgers did it and the Giants got mad because I wasn't Madison Bumgarner was a giant. And then now the Dodgers literally had the same thing done to them and they're telling Trent Grisham, run the bases, run the bases. When Max Muncy did the same thing last year and Madison Bumgarner was like, run the bases, run the bases. Like, it's so hypocritical. And then post-game, Dave Roberts was like, yeah, I don't really like when guys admire home runs. When Max Muncy admired his home run last year, and it's such a big deal that they had T-shirts made and all the Dodgers wore a T-shirt that said, "Go if you don't like it, go get the ball out of the ocean. And it's like, bro, you don't like it? Like You literally had T-shirts made that said, go get the ball out of the ocean because you're first or second baseman or whatever position he, he plays that's awful because he's not a good fielder. Like you did that exact same thing last year. He had awful fielding in the Padres series. Like he's horrible, and um, him he's just not good. It what I'm okay. I think he's a okay fielder, but he wasn't good last week. And here's the thing about it. Like I, it, it goes two ways for me. Like one, Dave Roberts post game goes. I don't like guys that admire home runs, and I thought it was uncalled for when his own team does that. Right. Finally, the Padres manager stuck up for Trent Grisham, that same Padres manager who did not stick up for Fernando Tatis on the 3-0 count grand slam with a seven-run lead, right, which is such bullshit. I would have fired the guy on the spot. Um. So, yeah, so the Padres manager stuck up for Trent Grisham, and I don't think Trent Grisham apologized like Fernando Tatis did because Fernando Tatis hit that 3-0 count grand slam with a seven-run lead. And the Padres manager said that he didn't like and actually condemned Fernando Tati swinging at a 3-0 pitch to hit a grand slam because that's not how you play the game of baseball. Like, if your coach isn't sticking up for your star player, you got to fire the guy. But whatever, they kept him, and he learned from it and supported Trent Grisham and his thing. Now, here's my thing. Dave Roberts also said, with a guy like Clayton Kershaw, if you hit a home run off of him, you need to show him some respect because it's Clayton Kershaw. So I'm thinking in my head, like, Okay, so if it was Walker Bueller, I could have done it. Or if it was um, Dustin May, I could have done it. Like, is that what you're saying? Because they're younger guys? Well, no, that's not really what he was saying. Dave Roberts had a horrible answer. And that made this situation even dumber is because Dave Roberts said stuff that didn't make sense. He said he didn't like something that his team does. And then he said, you got to respect Clayton Kershaw because he's been in the league for 10 plus years. Insinuating that don't do that to Clayton, but you could do it to Dustin May or Walker Buehler. That doesn't make sense. Like just because you've been in the league for ten years and won some Cy Youngs or whatever, you should not get any more respect than anyone else does. Like a two-year guy or three-year guy like Walker Buehler or Dustin May or Clayton Kershaw, all of those guys should get the same amount of respect in the clubhouse. Like I'm sorry, but like I don't care what you've done, it doesn't matter to me. 
Like, this year, like, it's fine. And Clayton Kershaw wasn't getting disrespected anyway. Like, you see what I'm saying on that? Like, I get, like, sort of what he was saying. Like, Clayton Kershaw's been in the league for 10 years. You got to show him some respect. But you don't really mean that it's okay to do that to Walker and Dustin because they're lesser guys. No. The only thing that counts is right now. Right now, and for your team to succeed, I think that out of Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, and Dustin May, I mean, right now, not one of those guys is way better than the other. Like, I get like Clayton Kershaw's got good like regular season stats or whatever, but when the postseason comes, I think Dustin May and Walker Buehler are just as important as Clayton Kershaw. And Dave Roberts basically said that that's not the case, or that's a far interpretation, but I mean, is it that far of an interpretation? Like, I think it might be pretty accurate because he's the one that said, like, Clayton Kershaw demands that respect. You can't do that to Clayton because he's been in the league for so long. Basically saying that you could do it to younger guys like Walker and Dustin, but you can't do it to Clayton. It's so stupid and it makes no sense. Now, what do I think about it? A lot of people out there are like, oh my gosh, I'm sick of the bickering. I'm sick of the Dodgers bickering. They're bickering about losing to the Astros. And they're bickering about Trent Grisham hitting this home run or whatever. Listen, I don't care. I like teams fighting with each other. Like, I do. Like, it's show me that you care about baseball, right? When Chris Bryant plays baseball, you would think he's about to rent a library book. He's so boring. Watching Mike Trout play baseball, personality-wise, he's so boring. It's insufferable. It's awful. But when you got guys staring at home runs and, you know, getting their dugouts pumped up before they leave the batter's box and the other team's like, yo, fuck you, I'm going to throw behind you. I'm like, yeah, give me more of that, man. Give me more of that. That stuff happens in basketball. It happens in football. And it's fun because this is competition, right? In the 80s, they were decking guys at second base that today would get sent to the ER and be on the disabled list for 22 million years. And it's like, because players in the 80s, I think, just played hurt all the time. But, like, dude, like, yeah, have sportsmanship, but, like, this is competition. And saying that Trent Grisham shouldn't admire his home run and get his dugout, dugout pumped up while he's still standing in the batter's box watching his home run go over the fence, you're sucking the life out of competition, right? It's almost like people today think something's wrong with competition, right? When you're in the heat of competition, you don't have to like the opposing team. Right, you just don't like it. Doesn't mean you hate him and want to murder him, but in the heat of competition, don't like that team. They're the bad guys. So if Trent Grisham wants to get his team fired up and rub the other team the wrong way, well, fucking let him do it, man. And if the other team, like in the Dodgers in this scenario, want to gripe about Trent Grisham not playing the game the right way, well, let him do it because one, I know they really don't mean it because Max Muncie did it. They're pissed because this guy got the best of him and showed off at the same time. So, like, yes, this is competition. Hate each other. Talk crap to each other. Get it. Like, do it, man. Like, I like it. We do not have to be friends in competition. You know what I mean? You can have sportsmanship and have teams not get along, right? And that's what I dig. And also, side note, when I said something about, like, in the 80s, like, guys would slide into second and it looked like a football tackle and – like players in the 80s like played when they were hurt and all that stuff like in the 86 ALCS Bill Buckner played with so many ailments like he could barely walk let alone run to first base and play first base right I'm so annoyed in this 60 game season there's so many players sitting out for like minor ailments and I'm like this is only a 60 game season like you gotta fucking play man 
like James Harrison, you know, linebacker for the who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers would like play with like broken ribs, bruised lungs, like all this crap. Like Tony Romo played with a punctured lung and a broken rib once. Like and baseball players, like in the sixty game, like are baseball players soft? Like baseball players now aren't what they were in the eighties, man. If you took a hard slide to someone on second base and the ear spike barely touches their shin, like they're ready to fight, dude. And like I'm fine. Like I want to see a fight too. Like fight, but like bro, like. They're a bunch of babies sometimes. Like, like Madison Bumgarner getting mad at Max Muncy was a little bit of a baby move. But I like the energy, man. I like the arguing. So, like, in one hand, I'm like, oh, you guys are a bunch of babies. And the other hand, I'm like, yo, let's go, man. Like, just duke it out, son. Like, play hard, man. Give a shit. <clears throat> because the Padres and the Dodgers, that's a damn good rivalry right now. The Dodgers are going to be good for a long time. And the Padres now are going to be good for a long time. And when you look at the landscape of divisions and say, what are the best rivalries right now? Yeah, I like the Red Sox-Yankees. Yeah, I like the Sox and the Twins because both of those teams are good. But the Padres and the Dodgers, bro, all day long, that's going to be a good division. And this is the first year of the Padres being good. And they're already rubbing teams the wrong way because they've already made two different teams pissed off by hitting home runs. And it's going to continue because they got young players and the Blue Jays do as well, which I wouldn't be surprised at some point that the Blue Jays start pissing other teams off. I like these young guys, man. Come in, shake the game up, man. Don't play by these unwritten rules. Get mad, bro. Like play with an energy that pisses your other team off. That's what you absolutely should be doing. This is mind games, man. In the NBA and in NFL, they're always playing mind games. Always trying to get under the team's skin, but what, you can't do that in baseball? Yo, do that in baseball and get it done. End of story. All right, that's it, guys. That's the show. Thank you. Really, thank you for listening. I know the um, that last part might have been a little intense. I had to stop like 20 times during to catch my breath, but I mean it, man, and I love the game, and I like to see it. I like to see it progress, man. I love to see the competition. And yeah, that's it really. But if you made it through the whole hour, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You know, there are a lot of people that are tuning in that are leaving me, you know, messages and comments on social media saying they really like the podcast. And I appreciate that a lot. It actually means a ton. And a lot of times I'm not super motivated to record because I don't know if anybody's actually listening. And I don't really care. Like, if nobody's listening, because I never started the podcast to, like, get popular and make money off of I make $0 off the podcast. I have no advertisers, and I don't try to make money off of it because I don't care. All I really want to do is talk baseball. That's it. And if people hear it and talk to me on social media about baseball, like, I love it. Like, I just want friends to talk baseball with. That's it, you know, and that's all I do. And for anybody that's listening that left me comments on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means. And it honestly makes me want to record more and just, it makes things fun. And that's sort of why I do it. You know, that's the only reason why I do it. Not to make money, but just to give people something to enjoy and give something, you know, good to listen to. Um, if you don't follow us on social media, uh, we are on Twitter at Greatest on Dirt, Facebook, Greatest on Dirt. Or if you're on Facebook, actually just search The Greatest Show on Dirt on Facebook and it'll pop up. And then Twitter's Greatest on Dirt and Instagram is Greatest Show on Dirt. And... That's it. We're at an hour and two minutes. So thanks for listening. And until next time, um, happy, if you're listening to this on Monday, happy Monday and have a good work week. All right. Take care, guys. See you.